and welcome to Beyond the Venue podcast. I'm your host, MG, the venue specialist. My guest today is my friend, Kylie Flett, who is hands down Philadelphia's favorite female from the beautiful country of Australia. We are so lucky to have her here. Um, you are the director of PR and strategy for Punch Media PR. You're mm-hmm. also one of the board members for the Morris Animal Refuge. Yep. And you are one of the co-founders of Resting Gift Face. Um, what What is Resting Gift Face? Can you tell our listeners all about this amazing um, product and, 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 and gift box that you've created? Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, g'day and thank you for having me. Um, and I guess you couldn't get Ben Simmons, so you had to get I, Billy's other favorite. <laughs> technically, he is not in the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess I could probably maybe interview him about his experience in the bubble, but I feel like Matisse kind of gave us everything we needed to know. So <laughs> also, depending on... Uh, Depending on who you are, he's either Philly's favorite or uh, not favorite Australian <laughs> right now. What uh, day you ask? <laughs> After yeah, what yeah. Game Personally, you ask? I think he improved his jump shot and he's, uh, you know, I love watching him play. But um, yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. Resting gift face is essentially gifts that don't suck. Um, if, if we were to kind of sum up the core ethos, um, for the company, uh, you know, my, uh, my good mate, Danielle and I were hanging out the Thursday before, um, the quarantine, which feels like a lifetime ago now. Um, and we had been talking for a long time. I mean, she's, uh, she's, a an incredible event designer and, and specializes in unique, um, and custom event fabrication, um, okay. the lucky dog studio. So she's a designer and badass. Um, I swore my bad <laughs> and, uh, sorry, put the kids to bed, everyone. And, um, <laughs> you know, we had, we have, uh, co-chaired the Morris animal refuge gala for a number of years together and okay. had raised some money and created some really fun, events together through both my clients and non-clients uh and this is very long-winded but we she's an excellent gift giver I'm a good gift gift giver and we just started thinking about um what would a what would a quarantine care package look like so we launched with a quarantine care package and it was really fun and was very well received Um, and then we went right into, uh, a mother's day box that sold out, uh, for a bomb moms. What was in the original gift package? Was it, was it, it was uh, 90s themed or was it, it was, um, was kind of when we just pivoted and started going insane and just (laughs) to be completely honest um so the original care package had a sweary coloring in book a little 3d puzzle a jump rope uh, a quarantini recipe card um, with a, <laughs> with an emergency packet that you use to rim the outside, um, coloring pencils, and a custom uh, tic tac toe game that was had instead of the X's and O's, we had different colored zombie pieces because you know it felt like the apocalypse is coming yeah gosh what else was in there um in fact bluebird uh distilling just donated us a bunch of um personal size hand sanitizers so they all come with hand sanitizer now as well um so they're great for quarantine but also um, you know, I broke my leg a couple of years ago <laughs> and was just like stuck on the on the couch. So it was like kind of activity based things, you know, clearly not the jump rope, but um, you know, <laughs> if you've got someone that is uh, stuck at home, it's a great little activity care package. So, you know kind of and then you did the the mom one what kind of things were in the the mother's day box um we made uh so we made we're made one this year which is different um so we just launched a vices collection and part of the vices collection um was a best buds box in time for 420 Uh, (laughs) 
So we're not actually shipping any contraband, but, um, you know, it's like very fun, like a jaded themed gold chain ashtray and a um, cactus flower aloe vera patchouli scented candle. Um, very Martha Stewart Snoop Dogg combo kind of thing. Uh, and then uh, for, for the Mother's Day part of that, we're doing mum's meds because, you know, I've been at home for over a last year with just two dogs and I can't imagine how the the mums are doing it working and, and working from home. So we um, put a bubble bath and Chardonnay scented candle together <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like that's what all the mums out there need right now. Um, and that comes in a really beautifully designed uh, care package and gift box that we can ship directly. It comes with a, a candle tray that um, coincidentally is the shape of a chill pill and a really <laughs> beautiful um, glass vial um, of extra long matches. And then the card is a prescription um, from Dr. Gift Face and, uh, you know, whoever the gift giver is and it's kind of... Um, you know, a, a fun play on, uh, you know, best best used after annoying yet lovable children behavior and, uh, you know. I just love the explosion of creativity that that you two were able to like throw into this. Thanks, and your, yeah. your Instagram game has been on point, which makes <laughs> sense because, you know, you're, you're, you're Mrs. PR. So um, I, I have just loved all the posts. They've been fantastic. Thank you. It's like, you know, I manage some Instagrams for our clients. So it's, I always put them first. Um, So it's really uncomfortable being on the other side of the promotion, to be completely honest. You know, it's (laughs) a very different seat to be in, even to be with here with you today. Because now you're promoting your yourself and your product as opposed to somebody (laughs) else's product. I, yeah, I, I totally get that because that was that was a major transition for me, you know, selling beer for ever and selling someone else's product for so long. And, you know, OK, I'm great at that. I can translate my skills to owning my own business. And you're like, oh, man. So it's it's a blessing and a curse. You know, yeah. it's 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 awesome to have this creative freedom to do what you want but at the same time, like it's just you out there hustling, trying to get. Yeah, yeah. Best- your best everything forward. So um, I think you guys have done a great job. Um, and you, you mentioned that your uh, uh, like business partner that you work with um, for Resting Gift Face, that uh, is she also a board member for the Morris Animal Refuge? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's how I ended up involved. So okay. um, she suckered me onto the Furball Committee um, back in 2014, I think. And then I just accidentally ended up getting extra involved and working, you know, being on the board. It was an honour and a privilege to be invited to join Um and support and help guide uh, the oldest animal shelter in the country. Yeah, can you tell our listeners more about Morris Animal Refuge and yeah. if there? Yeah, I know there's some that. like uh, specific, some specific like animal shelters that um, uh, or adoption agencies that like might just focus on one particular breed or a certain subset. So what what's the story with Morris? Yeah, so Morris Animal Refuge was founded by Elizabeth Morris. Um, they're right in the heart of the uh, of the city, and they're the only shelter to be located in Center City. Um, they're managed admission. Um, they certainly are not breed specific, but do work with specific adoption agencies in order to place animals. You know, some of those like coveted animals might have a better shot at getting adopted um, by working their way over to a golden retriever rescue or something like that. Um, and, you know, they've, they've just done an amazing job of, of serving the community and, and helping Philadelphia's abandoned and unwanted pets, um, you know, and also just being providing an educational resource for, for pet owners in Philadelphia who might not know of of resources out there you know ultimately they have a lot of people who call that would like to um 
to surrender their pet. And, you know, the first step is to always talk to them and find out what is going on. Why do they want to surrender their pet? Can we help provide the resources or point them in a direction that will help them keep them? Um, whether it be low cost vet care um, or spay and neutering support, um, et cetera. So I'm, you know, really proud to be part of the organization. It's been an incredibly challenging year for shelters. Um, you know, the clearly the hospitality industry has just taken an absolute gut punch. But, um, you know, a lot of our, our animal shelters in Philadelphia depend on the kind donations that, ah. our, that our restaurant and hospitality industry provides. And it's just they're not able to do that now. And a lot of their revenue comes from events and programming. Um, and as you know, we haven't really had a lot of those. <laughs> so. I've not had, and that, I mean, I absolutely loved attending every single Morris event that I could. I know there were a lot at Devil's Den. I feel like there might've been one at the Pulp. Yeah. Um, you know, back in those beer drinking and beer selling days. Um, yeah, yeah. The, um, we've been really lucky to have a, um, some animals, I think for like the last several years in the, uh, in the puppy bowl, which I think is probably oh, my yes. favorite event at Devil's Den as well, <laughs> it's the puppy bowl watching parties. So, um, you know, without those events, you know, that's that's a, a huge source of, of revenue and um, financial assistance. So um, they've been, you know, pivoting just like the rest of us. We just we're in the middle of wrapping up a month long furball campaign. So the annual gala that I've helped with for the last few years had to go virtual this year, which is really different. Um, as you know, this Friday um, is a trivia night with Steve Morrison from MMR and you can get a really beautiful catering package from 12th Street Catering, which um, I just want them to do all of my meals. <laughs> I should probably call Michelle <laughs> about that. Um, and, you know, there's some really fun auction items. One of them is a saved by the box 90s themed happy hour kit from <laughs> So everyone should go check out that kind of online auction as well. I'm seeing some cross promotion here. Well, <laughs> so that that sucks. To hear. I, I guess it's it's great to hear different perspectives because there's just so many things that like you don't know what you don't know. And so where I think you know, as you know, your average dog mom who kind of has heard through the grapevine that um, things have been going really well in terms of uh, dogs getting adopted over this past year because of the lockdown, that you wouldn't stop to think of the lack of income um, and, yeah. you know, the money coming in uh, to actually support those organizations. Um, has there been like, well, so on the positive side, has, have, did Morris get a major upswing in adoptions over this past year? I think so. But the challenges you have to think about for the animal shelters is that they heavily in a foster care program um, on their foster program because they couldn't have this as many staff in the building. You know, Morris is a, it's small. It's in Center City. So the footprint is considerably tighter than other shelters who are outside of the kind of central business district. Um, so that in itself provides some challenging, right, because fosters might live far away and things like that. But, you know, I think they've done an amazing job out our, our, um our adoptions have certainly been up, um, but there's, you know, also the challenges in the current time with people who might not be able to afford to keep their pets. So that's something you have to, you know, also keep in mind. And animal care as a pet mom yourself, I'm sure you know, is quite expensive. It so ain't cheap. It is not. Yeah, <laughs> it is certainly not. So, um, yeah, they're doing amazing work and I'm I'm excited to be planning some events with them now for October and the holidays with my client, the Boss Food Hall, that will focus almost exclusively on outdoors um, so we can ensure that people are, you know, comfortable kind of re-entering that landscape um, as possible. And, I, and last week I interviewed... Um, uh, Meredith Reber and yeah. I, I learned that Philly Beer Week is still happening this year. Are they I was I was shook when I saw that. I mean, listen, uh, like 
Okay. Yeah, I was. I I I would be very interested to learn how they are planning that. Um, you know, as you know, through Punch Media, I work with a lot of local and national breweries and distilleries. Um, and those guys have been hit really hard as well. I mean, with the current restrictions in Pennsylvania, tying booze sales to food, historical and long-term breweries like Philadelphia Brewing Company, I mean, they don't have kitchen facilities. You know, no one's buying kegged beer right now because the the restrictions. It's all takeout, yeah. It's all takeout, right? So, like, how do you make your money as a brewery? It's, you know, it's it's way more profit on kegged beer um so they've done an amazing job i mean they really expanded their beer garden and it's been kind of an urban oasis for me up here in kensington because of the severe lack of green space um and they've kept everything very very open and and um not a lot of bros go there so i should probably say <laughs> and they kind of stay closer down in fishtown um so it's just been like an amazing little spot to go to and feel like a sense of normalcy and there's just something I mean great about a draft beer I mean bottled beer is amazing but like have like sipping a draft beer like man I was craving that when we came out of the like official kind of shutdown I guess um how, how have some of your clients been able like what are have they been able to navigate around kind of like the, the food situation? Cause I know, I yeah. think it, it seems like a, a lot of bars are like, here is a soft pretzel. <laughs> here is a, yeah, but I think you'll find like soft, does soft pretzel even count as a meal? I don't think it does. I mean, it was, it does. There were some real challenges at first because the city didn't even clarify what constituted a meal. So like potato chips and things like that didn't count. I mean, uh, Philadelphia uh, Brewing Company in particular is getting away with it by serving a breakfast pastry. Um, and I think my friends at Art in the Age have been doing these badass collaborations with um, the uh, vegan donuts where they're using the Art in the Age uh, wilderness to bottle cordials to create these fun donut flavors, um, which is exactly what I want, bottled cocktail donuts, <laughs> right? Um, so, you know, I, I've just been so proud um, and privileged to be part of our clients um, in this last year and a half. Um, we've, you know, really like committed to helping as many small businesses as possible get through this challenging time at Punch Media and kept our core team on and hired um, and, you know, even landed new business. So it's been a really interesting time for us as an agency. That's amazing. Well, like while still trying to figure out Zoom, you know, like, <laughs> like, like and there's no there like. always a learning curve. Yeah, there's no young millennials to come here and help me. So it's like. <laughs> Zoom was new for everybody. Yeah. Um, well, I was hoping you could tell our listeners more about like what director of PR and strategy means and kind of like some of your core responsibilities. Um, and then also kind of what, what that early part of the year looked like for Punch Media <laughs> with all of your clients being in I don't know. I, think, I was like, you know, the scene in, um, the scene in, is it old school when Will Farrell's at the debate and he like says some crazy smart stuff and then he like wakes up out of he's like oh, I blacked out what happened and his team won the debate that's what I feel like it was <laughs> <laughs> but um I don't know if that's what you're looking for or if my if when my boss watches this he's like going to be like shaking his head but um ultimately the director of PR and strategy you know we have a couple of core tenants at uh, at Punch and it's to serve our friends in the editorial um, side of things first. Um, and we've, we just really work hard to promote editorial, you know, and gain earned media on behalf of our clients. Now the, that role has expanded in the last couple of years to include a lot more influencer marketing, social media management, um, events, both in-person and virtual, um, email marketing and select kind of marketing efforts that support our PR goals, whether it's buying a billboard on 95 or, you know, paid social um, advertising or email marketing as well. Um, 
So, you know, we work with a lot of bars, restaurants, distilleries, hotels, um, and my role ranges from everything to acting as a client liaison, um, acting as a media liaison, um, coming up with a marketing strategy and plan, helping execute that plan, mentoring the other associates at Punch Media, um, and sometimes I'm putting booze in boxes and printing out shipping labels and making sure, <laughs> you know, making sure that those products get to writers to review, to review or taste, um, you know, yeah, very, whatever it takes to get the job done. Basically. Were you traveling a lot prior to, um, we prior were, to the shutdown? We were. Yeah, you know, for our, we work with Brown Foreman's newest bourbon in 20 years, Cooper's Craft, um, and it's been really fun growing them from eight southern markets. Um, we'll be announcing some fun expansions uh, very soon, um, but they're, you know, in almost over 20 markets now, um, and we were, you know, we were on our way to Kentucky for a fam trip, which is... Um, a familiarization trip where you kind of identify and, and invite core media to um, visit the cooperage. Um, the cooperage is where men and women raise the barrels that the bourbon is aged in. Um, and as you know, you're in the beverage industry, so you would know that over 50% of the flavor and 100% of the color actually comes from the barrel. So it's such a fun, immersive experience. Um, and we had a really fun group um, of reporters that were going to join us. So we had to cancel that. Um, and then we were, the weekend, I think, of the shutdown, we were a, a core sponsor of the New Orleans Bourbon Fest. Oh. Um, so clearly we didn't get to go to either of those trips um, and which we know now was for the best, but at the time it was uh, devastating. <laughs> yeah, it felt really devastating at the time, um, you know, but, but with that being said, I've learned a lot the last year by pivoting to, to a virtual event programming structure. Um, we've had a couple of really fun online events, both for that client and for Tamworth Distilling, which is in New Hampshire and Art in the Age, which is here in Philadelphia, um, where we did an immersive gin experience and we um, paired, for Coopers, we paired uh, bourbon with s'mores and we sent reporters, you know, these like adorable little um, s'mores kits with custom bourbon marshmallows. Um, so I really see that we'll look to adopt some of these virtual principles as we kind of come out of this. I think that it gave us a lot of greater reach to journalists who don't want to hang out with the publicist or, you know, because <laughs> that Let's would be my nightmare <laughs> um, if I was them. Um, or maybe they don't have time in their schedule to attend a, a media trip during the week, you know, or don't want to see us on weekends, like whatever, <laughs> you know, which you can't blame them. So it's, it's allowed us um, greater growth and, and, you know, cause ultimately if you, if you're paying a publicist, you're paying for their relationships, right? Like that's mm -hmm. ultimately what it comes down to. So I, I think it's been, if I was to take, you know, a couple of positives out of this, experiences that it certainly gave us greater access to some journalists that we might not have gotten in-person interaction with due to scheduling conflicts or just aversion to travel or things like that. Um, with that being said, I can't bloody wait to travel and see people in person again. So real life cocktails in person with friends. Can't wait. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. And I know, so, uh, you know, you work with a lot of local Philadelphia restaurants. And so, you know, with, you know, March, it took me months to like, get my life together and figure out like my what's next. And I could not imagine having to help promote on social media, <laughs> you know, anybody in the hospitality or just industry. Like wishy-washy flippy floppy like we're open we're closed we're open like it's it's been a frustrating nightmare so what what has that experience been like or has it also been just like right back to Will Ferrell at the podium I'm just like oh, 
I don't know. It happened. Um, it's over. We did it. No, I think it's, um, you know, a lot of times it's like stop, breathe, you know, like be strategic. Um, you know, we work with clients like Fond over on East Passyank Avenue. I mean, this is a three bell acclaimed French restaurant with a with a really great chef team. And oh, he's, for our he's, listeners, the three bells she's referring to, like we've got a very famous uh, food writer, Craig LeBon here in Philadelphia. So he awards bells um, to our local Philadelphia restaurants. And so out, out of how many bells is that? Is that a four? Five, I think four or five. Okay, but three bells oh is still. I should be fired for panicking. <laughs> I like, can't remember. Sheesh, Rooney. It's like phone a friend, <laughs> intern help. Um, so, uh, but he's been like making sausages and grilling sandwiches like on the street in order to keep keep the doors open, and it's like that kind of like. When people talk about the Philly grit, I mean, that's there. That's what it is, you know. And then on the other spectrum of that, we work with Chef Christopher Curse at Forsythia, who didn't dumb down his menu, you know, closed, elected for a period of time that his staff to safely spend time with their families and to come back in mid to late January when they could offer their menu and their concept um, and has been booked every weekend since. Um, you know, I think of, uh, I know you had Kamara on from Sojourn Philly as yeah. a guest recently. And, um, you know, Jet Wine Bar is literally a bar. <laughs> I mean, it's a room <laughs> with a bar in it. They, they, have, they couldn't have opened over the last year. Um, and even at the new guidelines, which just, you know, just announced today, I mean, what, what does that even look like? But they, they pivoted to the, basically the best wine shop in Philadelphia. I mean, they're Jill's curating like a global wine list of, of things you can't get anywhere else. I was, um, I was drinking a Leb Nat, which is a Lebanese pet Nat that she introduced me to Ooh, this summer. I'd like to try that. Yeah, very expensive habit. Um, so yes, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was just like incredible and amazing. And they've got that gorgeous outdoor wine garden, which is um, which is you know exactly where I want to be for like a fun, socially distanced happy hour, um, where you can order food from you know their acclaimed Southern Fair restaurant across the street, Rex fifteen sixteen. Um, and then has gone on to open a Mexican restaurant in the middle of a pandemic when it's just like seemingly impossible. I mean, it's, you know, it really has been an honor and a privilege to work alongside these kind of restaurants and, and breweries and distilleries as they try and navigate these waters. Um, I, I can't, I can't speak to that enough about just how impressive and resilient and gritty um, our clients have been and, and how, you know, pumped it makes me to get up every day and just try to like do my small part in helping them, whether that's uh, a post on social media or, you know, a press release about their latest menu offerings or pivot or opening hours or, you know, whatever it is that we've had to edit or, or change in the last year. So. And with all these with all these restaurants that you're working with, I know like the biggest concern right now is staffing. And so is, is there any sort of kind of like universal Philly database or anything of different job postings, or is it kind of every, every restaurant for themselves or, you know, I'm, I'm really curious to see how the rest of the year plays out because I, I, I know it was a major concern originally that we were going to lose all of these amazing you know, small local bars and restaurants here in Philadelphia. Like we were terrified of them not reopening. Yeah. And now that they've done exactly like you've said, they've come up with these amazing ideas and hustled and, um, you know, did what they could to keep the doors open. But now that they're able to, you know, do indoor dining or expand their yeah. outdoor seating, they can't find staff. No, um, I'm like, I'm like literally like hours away from being like, am I coming out of retirement and bartending again? I mean, is that what's happening? Because I just, you know, it really is incredible right now to see these restaurants kind of um, struggling to get, to get staff in order to 
you know, move to this next level. Um, you know, I think the challenges are, are there's a lot of different reasons. Um, I'm certainly not the expert to talk on that. I think there's a couple of things that probably happened. Some of the staff went to the suburbs who had looser restrictions. Um, I think some people left the industry altogether. Um, I know that the PRLA has been doing a lot to help and support as far as, you know, where are those job listings and how can we um, educate and make sure that our staff who are coming back to work are vaccinated and feel safe. Um, you know, I know that clients and friends like Erin Wallace from the Devil's Den, you know, got her entire staff um, vaccines closed for the day, you know, so that she could ensure that everyone felt safe. Um, I don't know what the solution is. It's a massive challenge. It's not Philadelphia specific. Right. Um, and it makes me really nervous. Um, and I hope that we can, can continue to overcome that challenge. Um, you know, I think be- a lot of this comes full circle too. Uh, in the very first episode of, of the season of the podcast, I talked with Brandon Thrash and, you know, that it was called industry shifts. And, you know, I think we are going to see, is this going to be finally be, you know, where we're starting to get, you know, health benefits for servers and, yeah, and it's just a really- serious change in culture exactly. and, um, doing away with the restaurant culture of the past and coming into like a new, just a better way to treat front of house and back of house. And back of house. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically our friends who, you know, who really the backbone of the industry is a lot of our immigrant workers as well. You know, it's a, it's a greater cultural um, challenge right now, but I will tell you that restaurant groups such as Sojourn Philly, who do offer um, health in healthcare incentives who do offer um, a higher than normal hourly wage that do offer 401k um, even even they are having challenging staffing up at their new location so I'm not quite sure what the what the answer is we have no idea what the what what the future looks like for sure I'm sure I'm not saving anyone by bartending on Friday and Saturday nights but it's like I've certainly started thinking about it I mean that would keep me from drinking a bottle of wine or you know or two Jesus I'd rather be in bed early (laughs) yeah I am way you know what that's it's actually how I ended up in PR is like, I was like stocking a fridge at 4am and I was like, this is miserable. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I don't want to do this anymore. So this was a really fun way of staying in the industry. Now let's be real. I'm still working the same hours, but at least I can be in bed by 9pm. <laughs> being in your pajamas at four o'clock doing work is a lot different than being in yeah. a bar stocking at 4am. So yeah, my knees hurt just a little bit less. <laughs> Well, uh, so we, we started off the conversation by you being one of, you know, Philly's most treasured Australians. <laughs> um, so it, you know, just like everything else, it completely blows my mind thinking about anything from, you know, the last year, the last four years, et cetera. But in uh, January of 2020, um, you know, your home country was completely devastated by wildfires. And I believe that you had just been there. Mm -hmm. um prior and then you get back to the states and then all this damage and destruction and you threw this amazing fundraiser at the kyber Mm -hmm. um you know and then the whole world shuts down it's so insane it was literally so insane i mean we were you know that end of 2019 was so intense for me you know like personally you know we had an an exceptionally busy summer um, my boyfriend and I went to us, went to Australia over the Thanksgiving period. Um, and then, you know, we were, went straight into holiday season that if you're a publicist is totally bonkers. <laughs> yeah, just totally crazy. Um, and then we went, uh, into, you know, when Chris and I had, had left Australia, almost every single place that we had visited was 
completely devastated by just ravaging um, bushfires. You know, I we were driving through the Adelaide Hills, which is my favorite place on earth, which is just like lush and green and beautiful and home to um, several amazing bottles of wine that I'm sure you know about. Um, I think I bought some from your curation back in the day at De Bruno Brothers. <laughs> Um, I did the beer. I let Rocco and Sandy do the okay, wine. Got I, it, got I, it. I drank the wine. I but I got gave it, Rocco and Sandy all the credit with the okay, wine. Okay. Creation. All right. So, yeah, Sandy. I mean, she's a she's pretty fantastic. She knows her stuff. She's, yeah, yeah, she's she's not playing around. <laughs> um, so we went right into planning this kind of mass like event that I thought honestly mate was going to be me and like 10 friends upstairs at the Kaiba. And uh, my boyfriend is a former touring musician, like professional musician, him and some band members came out of retirement. So like all of their groupies showed up, you know, (laughs) and um, I will just say that Philadelphia, I mean, I'm like tearing up just thinking about it. I was the support that we got from the hospitality industry that went later on to just be demolished. I mean, it's just insane. I wish that I could do the same for every single bar and restaurant who donated um, to us. Um, And I, and I'm also so grateful that I had, that was um, January 24th. I mean, I'm so grateful that we were sweaty and packed into the Kyber and, and just like having that kind of life next to strangers. And- <laughs> yeah. Like I would give anything to be sweated on by strangers right now, you know, like drinking Aussie beers and eating meat pies and not thinking about like, not thinking about the, I don't know, like COVID or masks or whatever. And, you know, Oh God. Yeah. My boyfriend was so sweaty. He was like, it was like going everywhere. God, that would have been so, it's so weird to think about now. Um, but that was an amazing event. And again, just speaks to that, that nature of Philadelphia. Um, you know, Jet Wine Bar also did a, a curated Aussie wine um, cocktail and wine list that week as well and raised money. And um, a lot of people reached out. My friends at Fox 29 had to be on as a guest, which again was so uncomfortable. I'm so used to just like <laughs> putting my clients out in front. It was like, oh God, I'm like the token Australian, you know, like I'm not, I know nothing about bushfires, you know, I'm like, I'm not sure why I'm on, you know, like on here as an expert, but, um, you know, we visited Kangaroo Island and it was seven, uh, this like national park called Flinders Chase and 75% of it was gone. Um, and it was just like, it was like clear it was in a drought when we were home, you know, but, um, you know, one of the wineries that Chris and I went to doesn't exist anymore. Um, yeah, it was really hard. It was really hard. And, so they you have know. these wildfires and then we roll right into the pandemic. And so mm-hmm. I know yeah, it was great. they actually have competent leadership that like shut things down. So like kind of what were they doing in Australia and, um, you know, how have your friends and family been doing and, you know, are you able to get back there at any point in time or just waiting and seeing? Yeah. Um, firstly, I think that there was a really big difference in government uh, policies and treatment. Uh, to the severity of COVID. Um, I don't think I'm blowing anyone's mind by stating that the administration here perhaps um, fumbled. <laughs> that, is, that is a euphemism. <laughs> um, so I think that culturally it's also very different as well. I mean, mandated shutdowns, mandated mask wearing and mandated um, contact tracing. The There is this notion of like infringement of freedom for that is, I feel like has seems like an issue for some Americans to be like, listening to or adhering to those government mandates like things that just like wouldn't work here culturally um that did there to be completely honest um so victoria got hit the hardest i'm from adelaide south australia 
um, which thankfully, because there's no international hub, I mean, it's it's a total pain to bloody fly there, but um, <laughs> thankfully because there's no international hub, really, um, they did okay. Um, at the time, my mom and my aunt and my nephew were living in a little um, kind of like coastal beach town. Um, so their concern was people moving from the city to their kind of vacation homes and overloading the rural um health system okay i know that was the concern here in philly or i guess with uh you know people going to their shore homes exactly i guess you know the governor of new jersey's like stop coming to your shore house and stay put exactly so it was very similar to that you know my and that border between victoria and south australia was closed for a while but um you know their cases are just significantly lower they just opened up a uh, passport system with New Zealand who just handled the pandemic exceptionally well as well, um, allowing international travel between Australia and New Zealand. Um, right now, it seems impossible to try and get home, which is just really hard. Um, I usually try to fly home for the holidays and my grandpa is sick and um, I just really miss my aunt and my mom's both. I mean, my mom, my aunts, my nephew very much. It's very hard to explain to um, a seven, eight year old boy why I can't get home. Um, and unfortunately, right now, there's something like 39,000 Australians who are who are on a wait list to try and get back into the country. And I'm just I just don't know. I really just don't know what that looks like, to be wow. honest. It's incredibly frustrating. Um, the states like South Australia have, um, my boyfriend's doing the dishes and singing, so mm. you guys are being treated for show. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he is a legendary rock star. What, what was yeah. the name of his band? The Traveling Wallabies, I think. Okay. <laughs> Which was like a riff on something. I don't know. Was it the traveling yes. wheelberries? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, so they have restrictions right now. I think there's only like 500 people allowed into Adelaide or South Australia a week. So I just, I don't know what the plan is. Um, I know that there's a lot of stranded Australians who can't get home. You know, I'm fortunate in a way that, um, you know, my life is here. I have a job, I'm legally working, I'm, I'm making income. And there's plenty of Australians who've been stuck overseas without those things for the last um, year and a half. So I'm exceptionally grateful for that. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, my visa is up this year, so I need to figure that out. It's like a whole thing. That, that sounds exhausting. Yeah, I know, um, you know, yeah. I went through this whole, okay, so I'm getting my second dose is coming Monday. So, mm-hmm. you know, come mid-May, I'm going to be totally vaxxed and ready to be a person again. Mm-hmm. And so growing, I, I'm originally from Dallas, Texas. And so my parents still live there and I haven't seen my parents since late 2019. Yeah. And so, um, okay, when am I going to try and get back to Texas? And like, I, I don't want to be there during the summer for so many reasons. Um, oh, it's yeah, a billion yeah. degrees and I, you know, yeah. Greg Abbott is a monster. <laughs> like I don't, I don't yeah. trust that the, like, it just, it, it gives me the heebie-jeebies, even being fully vaxxed of, you know, being unsure of kind of like how things were handled in that state. So I'm like, listen, I will come home in September. How does, how does that sound for everybody? Is everybody cool with that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I I don't blame you. And that's part of the the challenges right now is navigating families as well. Um, you know, I'm almost lucky in a sense that I couldn't physically see my my family during this situation because it I didn't have to make any tough choices. Um, because that, you know, that presents its own kind of set of challenges, I guess, but I don't blame you. It's 80 degrees in my spare room, no air conditioning. I'm looking at myself in this camera and looking shiny as fuck. So I, uh, I turned on the air conditioning yesterday. I was like, it's going, <laughs> it's going up into to 85 and, and it's trash day today. So sleeping with the windows open when those trash trucks start coming, it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier if the windows are closed with yeah, the, yeah, the beeping yeah. and the yelling and, you know, the, the sanitation guys are amazing, but it's, you know, I gotta, I gotta sleep. I gotta get my beauty rest for podcast day. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
I totally well, I, yeah. I hope you get that window unit in quickly. Um, well, <laughs> Kylie, the last question that I have for you today, um, your favorite venue. So I'd love to know, I, I'm sure you have a million because you have so many amazing clients that have amazing <sighs> bars, restaurants, you know, spaces, uh, I'm not even you know, gonna be from Australia. You've got I know like I'm a- not even gonna be able to give you one, but I'm gonna hit you with some rapid fire. Um, I can't wait until Milk Boy is like 11th and Chestnut is having shows again. I can't wait for um, Whiskey Wednesdays at Philadelphia Brewing Company. Um, I can't wait for. Um, I mean Union Transfer. I mean, come on, like that, like you know, that was surreal going to the TLA to get my COVID injection. And I'm like using hand sanitizer that smells like shitty tequila. And I'm just like, <laughs> man, there's something like, there's something this wrong. Is as silly as this yeah. And like, I like walk up to the front and they've got the, the big security guard there. That's usually there for shows. And I put my arms out and he's like, looks at me like, well, what are you doing? And it's just like, I'm so used to getting patted down for a show. And he's like, on you go and I was like oh my god I'm like what a weird comfortable moment of like you you know your body automatically does the like okay you're about to pat me down because you're a security guard um but in front of the TLA yeah but usually so for our listeners the the TLA is a is a music venue here in Philadelphia that has also opened up its doors to serve as a uh, vaccination site and so has it been strictly for hospitality folks or I got it- I went there through my doctor at Penn so I'm okay. not I'm not sure but I, I gotta tell you I'd never seen that place with the lights on that <laughs> <laughs> was that was surreal you know what you've never you probably never seen it with the lights on sober because they do turn the house lights on when a show's over that's how you know that they're not coming oh, back out for another oh, encore maybe that's part just, of just it. you know or you could you know leave before the last song that's no judgment here so no, that's not our style so uh, you miss live shows that's what i'm I hearing do. i miss live music I, and i also you know there's a couple of venues right before when I was home with my boyfriend at the end of 2019, we went to, um, we saw U2 on our second day in Australia, which I don't know. I mean, if you've ever been, uh, if you've ever been, what is it called? Jet lagged? Like, okay. This was insane. <laughs> like this, our second day in the country got up at 6am to go get t- like to go get our tickets and all this jazz. So we saw you two at the Sydney cricket ground and we, we stood right in the front with the historical cricket um, stadium right behind, like in front of us. And it was insane. I got to confess, I'm not a huge YouTube fan. Uh, my boyfriend is. Um, the show was very, very special. Bono, like, in the first song, like, came right to the edge of the stage and basically sang right at me because I was the only one that didn't have a phone in his face. It was, like, <laughs> weirdly, like intimate like very like it was like like so intimate I was like uncomfortable I was like why is he making such aggressive eye contact you know like I was like I don't know what to do um so that was pretty epic and then we we also on our last day in the country in the country um drove to a town called Berry, which is in the kangaroo valley of New South Wales maybe an hour and a half south of sydney i think and we went to a music festival there called the fairgrounds and that was just so incredibly done um it was pretty it was pretty amazing and beautiful again it was in a vintage kind of um old cricket stadium and we saw um a band called the dmas which is like our favorite, this Scottish guy called um, Jerry Cinnamon. Everyone should go check him out. He was a former street busker who like got found and turned and he's like so fun. Um, And we saw no Gallagher. Shit. One of the two twins or one of the two brothers from Oasis. Yeah. I feel like Noel's the one that's like shot We saw Liam. We saw Liam. We saw Liam. Honey, did we see Liam Gallagher in Australia? <laughs> Liam, 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm really glad that we got that clarified. <laughs> I will be able to sleep tonight now. Yeah, I know um, you're hearing about that. Well, I, I, I mean, I am excited to see that they are they're starting to announce uh, live shows like for the second half of the year. So it is it is making a comeback, and I I'm anxious to see how the rest of the summer plays out, just in general with with everything. So, well, Kylie, I'm I'm really excited that you joined me today. This is this has <laughs> been a delight. We'll we'll get Ben Simmons to jump in on the next call. Yeah, with, bloody we'll, we'll just yeah. Um, so, will you please let our listeners know where to follow you, all of the amazing places that you talked about earlier, oh, uh, or businesses, I should say, not all the yeah, venues, yeah, yeah, of course. Right. <laughs> um, sure. So. Uh, resting gift face uh at instagram handle resting gift face or restinggiftface.com uh punchmedia.biz and our instagram is punchmediapr um and you know check out morris animal refuge as well that would be um, really lovely puppies kitties um you know sign up to be a foster if you don't have money to give um which a lot of us don't have right now there are a lot of other things that we can do to support both the animal shelter and the restaurants like them follow them um leave yelp reviews leave google reviews um you know these are the things that i've really been preaching to our team and our clients because these are these are the things that we can be doing to to help these guys right now Yes. Leave those good reviews. Be very understanding to staff and, you know, show up, be, show up on time, wear them excessively, tip all your monies. And if you don't have money to tip, that's okay. Just get, get take out, but also tip, you know, bloody hell. I, I've, um, I live right near cook and shaker in Kensington and every mm-hmm. Friday I walk up there and I order a last word because I can't get green chartreuse in bloody, uh, Philadelphia. <laughs> And I leave my standard, you know, $10 tip and I walk out with my delicious cocktail that I didn't make. Yeah. I, I, we're, uh, my husband and I are actually, we have dinner reservations tonight for Laurel and it was great. Cause she, when she called last week That's to awesome. ask, um, what, you know, are you guys celebrating anything? I'm like, leaving the house. We are yep. celebrating yep. leaving the house. <laughs> and yeah. Every time I yep. walk past, it just looks amazing. And it's, you know, we really haven't done that many like kind of nice things for us or gone out no, to the you nicer guys places. Deserve it. It's important. Yeah. Um, but also I think that people just don't understand how important it is for us to be buying local right now. The Miller Lights, the Budweiser's, the Anheuser Bushes, the the chain restaurants, the big chain restaurants, they're going to make it through this. They just are. And guess what? At the first line of trouble, they're pulling out of Philadelphia and firing their staff. Like, like spend your money locally, buy local beer, order a, your cocktail with locally made spirits. I mean, I don't care who it is, but um, people just don't understand how important that is right now. If you can, if your restaurant or the restaurant that you're ordering from offers um, pickup, do that, call them directly and don't use one of the services like Grubhub, Uber, Caviar, because they they lose 30% of their profits on that. Um, and and I'm sick of doing the dishes, you know, I'm sure everyone else is like, <laughs> It's just like, it's honestly like do, and don't just like make your reservations for Friday and Saturday, because like you said, like a lot of the restaurants are getting busier now. If they're open on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, go then, you know, that's keeping our servers. We're helping them make money. We're helping the restaurant make money. I mean, there's just a lot of things that we can all be doing now to support them. I am a hundred percent there with you. Um, well, thank you again for yeah, joining to me today. Bio, this right? has been, I, I will all working for a local brewery was really what flipped me upside my head and have been a big proponent of supporting local businesses. So, um, well, listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, follow beyond the venue podcast on Instagram and check us out on all of your favorite streaming podcast platforms. Have a great day. Thanks, mate.